Hello, friends. Today, we welcome Daniel Kinneberg to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Shortly after graduating in 1969, Daniel married his Cedarville sweetheart and then enlisted in the United States Air Force. We are so appreciative of Daniel and all other veterans for their service to our country. Now, here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and hello, everyone. I'm Mark Weinstein, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. It's great to bring you another program today, and I trust the content from my conversation with Dan and Carol Kinneberg will be inspiring and encouraging. By way of introduction, Dan and Carol are both 1969 graduates of Cedarville University, and they have set in motion their family being three generational Cedarville University students or graduates. Their son, Jason, graduated from Cedarville in 1996, and his daughter, Emmeline, and son, Isaac, are both studying nursing at the university. And with two more children in high school, Olivia and Sophia, it's possible the Kinneberg clan will continue their academic studies at Cedarville once they finish their high school education. Dan and Carol also have a daughter, Heather, who attended Maranatha Baptist Bible College. She and her husband were missionaries with ABWE in Portugal, but today live in Olathe, Kansas, serving the Lord through their church. Dan and Carol have been married since July 4, 1970. That's 52 years. And early in their marriage, Dan served in the United States Air Force as a pilot during the Vietnam War. In fact, he flew 165 combat missions during the Vietnam War, including over Hanoi. We will talk about this today in detail on the podcast. Carol has cared for her family so faithfully, and she is the one who suggested this podcast for me to talk with Dan. I'm looking forward to the conversation with Dan and Carol Kinneberg from Marion, Montana, on this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. Welcome, Dan and Carol. Thank you. You're welcome. And as I said, Dan and Carol, I want to begin with Dan's walk with Jesus and his time and your time at Cedarville University, because I believe it's central to your story, which we want to share today on the podcast. So Dan, to begin our time, will you share with us when you met Jesus and decided to follow him? I look back, I attribute the things in my life, the positive things in my life, to my association with Jesus Christ. And I was in grade school when uh, a man by the name of Ralph Warner, who was a missionary from Pennsylvania, came out to uh, Montana, felt the Lord leading him to start a church in uh, Columbia Falls, Montana. And when he was starting a church there, he also came to different places in the surrounding valley, one of which was Marion, Montana. And for over 20 years, 23 years, I believe it was, he carried on ministries to uh, school children after uh, school. And also then in the evenings, he would stay and have Bible studies. And uh, because of that, my parents, myself, my brother, and relatives got saved in this community. And so I, I thank the Lord for that. And so then in about... Uh, when I was about nine years old, I got baptized, okay. and uh, and from that point on, then uh, we began to attend the church there in Columbia Falls, although we had been attending the Bible studies mm-hmm. before that time here in Marion. And because of Pastor Warner, uh, his children, which was Ralph Jr., Barbara, David, and Marlene, 
they all went to Cedarville College. Mm. And so there was a contact with Cedarville at that point. But also when Pastor Warner would go back to visit relatives in Pennsylvania, he would ask a professor from Cedarville, name of Dr. Arthur Williams, to come out, and he would fill in for him for about a month uh, in his church, and also he would come up to Marion. So I had another contact with Cedarville through uh, Dr. Williams. And then when I uh, graduated from high school, I went to Cedarville. So that was a point in time when I met my beautiful wife, whose name was at that point in time, Carol Beer. Right. And I figured that last name should be changed. So, <laughs> uh, in 19, graduated in 1969, right. and we were married on July 4th of 1970 when I was in pilot training after I joined the United States Air Force. Okay, let me let me slow you down. I don't want you to tell the whole podcast before we uh, really get going too far. So your connection, and it was actually my next question, your connection to Cedarville and your conversion to Christ all ties back to your pastor. He was the one who introduced you to the university. So from your time at Cedarville as a student, how did your academic studies and spiritual development help you professionally as you worked in your business or eventually when you took over the family logging company? What kind of impact did your Christian education at Cedarville play in in those aspects of your life? Well, while I was in college, and that we weren't that terribly far from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and so did get to see the airplanes flying overhead, and that kind of inspired me maybe a little bit. And so to go into pilot training, that didn't, uh, my accounting degree didn't maybe fit into that too much. But then after I went into uh, the Vietnam conflict, mm-hmm. we were into that. And I flew over 150 combat missions. Right. And that when we got back into the stateside, they had what was called a rated supplement program so that they had combat-ready pilots and they put them into uh, other positions. And at that point in time, I requested to go into accounting and finance. And so because of my accounting degrees, they put me into accounting and finance. So that helped me in the Air Force in that direction. Sure. Moving forward in your life, there, you've experienced a whole lot that uh, we'll, we will still dive into. I want to get into the, the Vietnam conflict with you uh, later in the program, but how have you seen your experiences in your education at Cedarville impact your life even today? Is there still an impact that continues with you today from dating back to when you were here at, on campus? Both my brother and I went to uh, Cedarville. I had a degree in accounting and my brother in business administration. And so we both were in the logging same. We were both in Kenneberg Brothers in the same logging operation. Okay. And we used our uh, degrees in different aspects of the logging operation in the financial aspect. And so we saw it being used there, although we were operators as well as owners. Okay. And uh, then also, I think for both of us, we appreciated the fact that from Cedarville, we had a minor in Bible. And so Carol and I 
wherever we were, we always tried to seek out good fundamental Baptist churches to uh, both fellowship in and to uh, be able to serve in. And I feel that our background from Cedarville College gave us the ability to be able to serve in in uh, Sunday school yeah. teachers, in Sunday school administration, and in different capacities in churches because of what we had learned somewhat in Cedarville College. Yeah. Yeah. It was a college back then, not a university. Prior to our conversation uh, right now, uh, your wife, Carol, shared with me that the Kinnebergs are a three-generation Cedarville family. Uh, your son, Jason, as I mentioned in the introduction, is a 1996 grad, and you have two grandchildren currently studying at Cedarville. For me, this speaks to the lasting legacy that you guys have developed. How do you look at the fact that so many of your family members have decided to follow your lead and study at Cedarville? Well, we feel that uh, Cedarville has a good history as far as uh, it's putting out a worldview that it's not just training people to be able to do the facts, but they've got a worldview that employs a Christian background and honoring Jesus Christ in the things that they do. So Dan, I don't want to finish the podcast without talking about your marriage to Carol. You mentioned that you both met each other uh, when you were at Cedarville College because you were from Montana and I believe she was from Elkhart, Indiana. Um, did you meet in your first year or after Carol returned from Bob Jones? Because Carol started at Cedarville, then transferred to Bob Jones for a year, then she came back for her last two years. So when did you guys exactly meet? I saw her on our freshman year and liked what I saw. <laughs> we didn't start dating until she came back in our junior year. Did you communicate with her while she was at Bob Jones? No. So you just... Uh... She didn't know I existed. Uh, I bet she did, but we'll talk to her about that in a second. So, actually, let me bring Carol into the conversation. Carol, do you remember your first date with Dan? Yes, I do. Tell me about it. Well, I remember, first of all, seeing a young man uh, passing me by between classes, um, and uh, he'd always smile at me, and I thought, well, he's a nice guy. I don't know <laughs> anything about it. And finally he, oh, we were getting ready for um, working on the, uh, the, the float for our, Junior year. The junior year. Okay. And so he started the conversation with me. And so I think that's where I first met you. I think I just saw you when we were making the float for the. Is it for the homecoming parade? Yes. And then I think our very first off the campus date was to take me to the um, Taco Bell. Oh, Dan. We paid uh, 25 cents for our taco. Oh, Dan, you're a big spender. Oh, yeah. I was really rich. <laughs> well, I think that was technically our very first date, although, like I said, we, we met when we were making the, uh, the float. Well, the, uh, the quilt for the float. For the float, yeah. Yeah, so, Carol, when did you, uh, when did you realize that Dan was God's choice for you for marriage? <laughs> well, it, it took a while because... Um, I was used to being a student there for a whole year at Bob Jones University right. and a very cultured and a very fine arts program there and all. I was an art student and I came back from my first date with Dan and my roommate, who is Jan Kiever. She said, well, what do you think of Dan Kenneberg? And I said, well, he's a nice guy, but I would never marry him. 
And she said, well, why not? I said, well, he's from that, that hick state out there, Montana. <laughs> so you never say never. Carol, Indiana's not a metropolis area either. <laughs> That's true. And so then we dated uh, between our, you know, through our junior and senior year. And um, then I was, when I went back to Cedarville, I, I changed my major and went into education. And um, so while I was doing my student teaching, Dan realized that he was going to be either drafted or join the military. And so because of that pressure and all, he broke up with me. And so that was a hard time for me to go through student teaching, knowing that my boyfriend, <laughs> it wasn't over anything. It was just that he knew he had responsibilities that was going to take him to serve our country. Yeah. Uh, but when our parents came for graduation, both of our parents and my parents and his parents, we all sat together and had a lovely time visiting at uh, the fellowship time of uh, meals there. And then um, right out of college, I was hired at a public school system there in Brunswick, Ohio. The superintendent came to Cedarville and hired a number of us school teachers. So there were, I think there were like five of us school teachers that were hired there in the Brunswick school system. And I'm always so grateful for that wonderful year's experience there. And then at uh, Christmas time, Dan asked if he'd come up to see me. And so he flew up and uh, proposed to me that Christmas. And then, of course, he went back to the military. And I went back to teaching and back to be with my parents and waited and prepared for the wedding for the 4th of July. And Dan... He had decided on the date. You want to tell about how that? Yeah, tell me about that. I want to know that, Dan, and I want to know what changed your mind. What, what, why the abrupt change that uh, you wanted to marry Carol then? Well, when I decided on 4th of July, I figured that would be a date that I could remember. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to forget that one. And I figured that I, they'd let me off at that point in time so that I could have a day or two off. And, Sure enough, I only had a day or two off, and we had a one-day honeymoon there at Six Flags over Texas, and then was back to the Air Force Base to finish up my pilot training. Okay. So back to uh, the story where you broke up with Carol, but then it seemed like uh, it was abrupt that you decided that you wanted to marry her. What, what changed your mind? My love for her. Were you surprised, Carol? We had written, we'd been writing letters. Okay. Well, he was in the military, and while well, I was teaching in Ohio, and um, I guess I was. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> I guess it. Surprised. Yeah, it may speak to the absence makes the heart grow fonder. For our podcast guest, I'm talking with Dan and Carol Kinneberg about their time at Cedarville and Dan's leadership in his family business. But I want to transition now to his service to our country during the Vietnam War. As I mentioned in the introduction. Dan flew a B-52 during 165 successful combat missions in the war, including over Hanoi. This had to be a stressful time. So, Dan, how were you able to stay calm and do your job without major incidents uh, to you and your crew? Well, at that point in time, 
I guess I kind of capitalized on Exodus 15:3 that the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And I trusted in that. And I remember during those missions that I would always, in my mind, as we would be taking off, be praying a prayer that God would uh, protect all of our cell and all of the people in my airplane. But if uh, it ever came to that and we got shot down, it's just you and me, Lord. Yeah. And I trusted in that and I never ha- did have to go to that that far into the uh, situation. But young and, and foolish, I guess, I didn't think about it that much. I was just doing my job. You were doing your job and you were trusting the Lord that it's it's safer to be where he wants you at a given time than to be anywhere else. So even though you were in harm's way, you felt secure. Is that true? Yeah, I felt that if I was in the Lord's will over there, I was safer than if I was out of the will somewhere else. Yeah, and I've heard that. Uh, I had a podcast of a year or so ago with a military family and their son was serving just a year or so ago, actually a year ago, in Afghanistan when the attack took place and the evacuation of our troops. And I remember the dad telling me that they they felt very safe that their son was secure even over in Afghanistan compared to, and because he was in the will of the Lord, compared to being in any street in America where something could happen. So your your concept is well noted, and it's true that being where the Lord has us is the right place to be, and he is in control, and we can trust him. So um, in talking with Jason, your son, as I prepared for the program, he mentioned, and you, you may have, have already alluded to this, but he mentioned that you were known for having a calm demeanor during during the fighting. How was this calmness developed and implemented? With your crew, I guess my my trust in the Lord gave me a different sense than a lot of them had because I didn't have the fear of death that a lot of them had at that point in time. Yeah, would be one of the things, and I guess I just never felt that we were that we were going to be shot down. Yeah, I don't know if you can share this, but. Was there ever a moment in your in your 165 flights missions that you had a close call of some danger? Well, one of the most momentous times that I remember was what we called the 11-day war it was in December of 1972 when we were flying over yep. Hanoi over North Vietnam and I considered it at that point in time it was kind of like fourth of july at christmas time because we were watching and and i would be looking out and i'd be calling out sams which is surface to air missiles as they were coming up at us okay and uh, you would see one coming up at three o'clock you'd see one coming up at nine o'clock you'd see some coming up at 12 o'clock and mm. it would be It'd be like uh, little bursts of flame coming up through the clouds, and they would be shooting at you. And uh, then they would go out of sight underneath you, and you never knew, uh, you know, unless they would go off and hit you. Yeah. Uh, you seemed that you were okay. And uh, at that point in time, I suppose that was probably one of the uh, tensest times. 
when we were going, and then we were, we were flying over the most heavily defended city in the world and in combat to that point in time, and we were flying straight and level so that we could bomb our targets. And so that was probably one of the most uh, monumental times in uh, in the war. Dan, thanks for, for sharing it. I know it's um, sometimes difficult for our military veterans to relive some of their um, time in the in conflict, and I appreciate you being candid with us. I also learned, Dan, that you were presented two distinguished flying crosses for your excellence and your excellent service in Vietnam. How, how meaningful are those crosses to you and your family even today? Well, I guess I don't think too much about them, but they were both uh, given for those missions that we flew over North Vietnam at that point in time in the 11-day war. Yeah. Carol, do they mean more to you maybe than Dan right now? Or is he just being um, more humble? I've always said that he's my hero. Mm. I'm so proud of him. I'm sorry. I, I tell him all the time. I said, I don't know very many people that could have done what he's done. I'm just say that my husband's my hero. Yeah. And I I tell him that all the time. That's Even though we have <laughs> we have disagreements like any husband and wife, you know, but um I'm thankful for his love for me and that he's yeah. cares for me and taken care of me for fifty two years. That's commendable and Dan, I wanna pause here and thank you for your service uh to our country. I had, I had a cousin who served in Vietnam, and I think uh, people who served in that war, also in the Korean War, are often probably forgotten way too much. So thank you for what you have done for our country in uh, protecting us. So, uh, Carol, let's, I'm going to stay with you. When you reflect on Dan's career, I know military career, I know he's, as you just said, he's your hero. What thoughts come to your mind about what you saw while you were in the midst of the war with him and then post-military? Well, ignorance is bliss, for one thing. Hmm. Not knowing all that my husband was going through at the time, I'm, I was pretty ignorant about that. You know, I'm, I just knew he was doing his job, and I'm just so thankful for some individuals that we came in contact with. One was a co-pilot yep. um, after the war, when Dan was aircraft commander, we had a wonderful privilege of meeting the Christian co-pilot and his wife, and we've been able to keep in touch with them all these years, and um, maybe Dan can fill in more on that. Well, yeah, after the uh, after the war and I went to Blytheville, I had a co-pilot who was a Christian, like she says, that we maintained uh, contact with, and it was so good to have another Christian on the crew that uh, was able to have fellowship with and, and to to know that somebody was there that was feeling the same way that we were. And those are the kind of individuals that we had friends with over the years that made our time in each place uh, very important. And uh, Is it fair to say that uh, these relationships, whether it's with that assistant crew or crew member or or others that you've met in the military who were believers were really the highlights of your military career? I haven't met 
I'm not a very good communicator, and so I'm not very good at staying in contact with people. But uh, yeah, there's a few that we've maintained contact with that that seem to stand out in those from those situations. We're nearing the end of the podcast, but speak to the importance of having a fellow believer next to you in the cockpit as you would fly. How how valuable was that for you, Dan, in terms of having trust and confidence in the person right next to you? Well, it was it's important, although I feel that God is able to sustain us in situations whether we have a friend there or not, but to have someone there is of great value and comfort. Carol, when you when you think of the relationships that Dan forged, then you also then developed, how meaningful are those relationships for you back then and even today? Oh, very much so. When we lived on base there in Pease Air Force Base in New Hampshire, kept in touch with a, a gal there. Her husband passed away, but we still keep in touch. And uh, I, I've always prayed that, um, I would have a special friend, a lady friend at all these bases and, um, the Lord always provided. And this Pat Harris is still one of my best friends and we still keep in touch and we're like, um, losing buddies are <laughs> very special. That's neat. Kindred spirits. Yes, that's kindred spirits. Kindred spirits. That's well said, Dan. So as I close the podcast, do you guys have plans to come out to Cedarville maybe for our future Graduation? Well, I was thinking more during the millennium and that, but. Uh, <laughs> well, if you come out to campus, I'd love to meet you in person. And uh, so what's what's on the horizon for you guys uh, the rest of this year? What are you, what are your plans? How are you serving the Lord right now? Well, we're trying to get through two knee replacements right now, Mark. Both for Carol? Yeah. Okay. And how, how is she doing? She's been doing great. I'm proud of her. She's really working through it. And uh, so that's uh, that's a big struggle right now to, to get through that hurdle. Well, Dan and Carol, our, our time is up, but it's been a pleasure to get to know you over the past several weeks as I've researched and talked to Jason, your son, and uh, just learned more about you. You're a credit to Cedarville University and... Obviously, you're serving the Lord faithfully, so I, I want to thank you for that. And for the time that we spent today, thank you for being transparent and candid and sharing your story with me on the Cedarville Stories podcast. I, I wish you the very best going forward. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory. Mm-hmm.